Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Nation, this is your wonderful host of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Dane, and we have another wonderful episode for you guys tonight where we break down the news in wrestling for this last week. And oh boy, last week was a doozy. Let me just uh, put it, you know, uh, put that out there. I don't know who the hell says that anymore. Uh, it's usually people from probably in their 70s, but that's all right. Doesn't matter. What matters is wrestling, and also what matters is my wonderful co-host. Uh, for this evening, of course, we've got Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. How about you? You doing okay? Uh, this energy drink is hitting me perfectly, man. It's, it's hitting me perfectly. And <laughs> our, our special guest uh, to talk about some of the things that happened over here in Atlanta uh, from Jeffrey Show Live, Jeffrey Taylor. What's up, man? What is going on, you guys? I want to say thank you so much for having me on in the new year. No problem, man. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. It's good to have you on. Well, we we got to do this more often. It's always a blast. Happy. Um, so I'm going to kind of run down, Chris, because I didn't really – I've realized there's so many details I haven't told you about this whole entire crazy fucking adventure that was my Thursday night and Friday night last week. Um, it started with uh, a mutual friend of me and Jeffrey, uh, our, our friend Hoyt, offering me to come to the shows because someone canceled out on him. Um, so I was like, screw it. You know what? He, he said, just get up Friday. You just got to work one shift, and then you got you know another show, and then you got the weekend to yourself. And I was like, you know what? I want to watch some wrestling. So before that, uh, everyone who you know who's listening, a little background. I think I've said this before. I work as a shipping manager at a t-shirt printing company, and uh, we did some shirts early in the week. We'll get back to this. Uh, this is foreshadowing, if you will. Um, I dropped off at a hotel over in Lithonia, and uh, one was Macaloon Productions, one was Bar Brawl, and one was uh, Hell or High Water. Didn't think anything of it. We do t-shirts for everyone in Atlanta. Anyway, so I show up at this bar 
brawl, if you will, not knowing what the fuck the title was. I wish, you know, I had no idea who was going to be here, Chris. I really just thought it was going to be like, I, all I knew was Ken Shamrock was fighting Tom Lawler. Hoyt doesn't really know a lot about wrestling. He's kind of coming back into it and getting into it again. So he didn't know everyone there. And, like, Jeffrey was messaging him, hey, where are you, where are you basically, like, you know, telling him that there was people there. kind of wish I knew more about it, but it doesn't matter. It was still awesome because Brian Pillman Jr. was in the bar. Darby Allen was in the bar. And I'm not trying to name drop, but it was pretty cool to be around these wrestlers. And then I got to watch Frankie Kazarian's, uh, you know, band play. It, it, was, it was a crazy scene. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jeffrey, uh, it, it was good seeing you at, at, uh, at the bar and, uh, you know, it was a Macaloon Productions, which was the guy that was in charge of it. And I actually dropped his friggin' T-shirts off for both uh, performances. But uh, h- how did you like the scene at, at, at Bar Brawl with all the uh, wrestlers Bar around? Brawl is, Bar Brawl is something special. I'm not even, like you said, I'm not going to name drop. But I've been around wrestlers in that capacity before. But Macaloon, and I'm going to give a shout-out to him, he created a special environment. And his vision for WrestleMania weekend is going to continue to Miami, excuse me, Super Bowl weekend. I was getting excited for WrestleMania in April, but for Super Bowl weekend, I think that intimate setting and that star power lineup, like, it really came to life. Like I said, I've had meet and greets because you was at the um, the Come Hell or High Water, but there was a meet and greet section. But the ultimate bar brawl was something even more special than that Friday night show. And I hate to make people on Friday feel bad, but you saw it. Like, there was one time when NJF and Scorpio was just casually in front of us while, like, listening to Kazaria Bet. Those are some really special moments because I'm still a fan. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm still a fan. And just to be that close and intimate with, we know Atlanta, um, excuse me, AEW is going to blow up. Is it AEW or AWA? Which one is it? AEW, holy wrestling. AEW, holy wrestling. So many academics these days, excuse me. But I I loved it. I think Ultimate Barbara exceeded my expectations because I was kind of like, oh, I don't know where these wrestlers are going to be, but it turns out to be right in front of us, Dane. Right in front of us. And that's the crazy thing. There's a viral video that I didn't even realize because I kind of drank a lot while I was there. And I didn't really want to like bother any of the wrestlers, like even uh, Christopher Daniels, who's been on our show in the past. I wanted to be like, Hey, thanks man. But he was enjoying himself. I didn't want to be that Mark. So I just kept to myself, enjoyed myself, but they were literally fighting in front of us. And there was a video that Priscilla Kelly uh, vomited all over uh, Eli Everfly. Uh, I'm sure that you remember that, Jeffrey, because I think that you were more coherent than I was. Uh, I had no idea until next day, and people were talking about it online, like making a big deal of it. And, uh, hey, makes sense. I mean, I guess that's, that's marketing, you know, uh, to an extent. And uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was definitely cool seeing Tom Lawler get dragged to the bathroom by Kent Shamrock's old ass and fucking get swirly a couple times. And uh, we have some video footage that Hoyt took, and I was basically drunkenly uh, commentating the whole entire time. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was one heck of a, a, a strange, strange evening. And you would think that it would, it would, it would not get stranger. But I think Friday night, honestly, at, at uh, Come Hell or High Water – it was also a pretty strange scene, you know. You're just chilling there, and, and people that you know, like Conrad Thompson, just hanging out, just sitting down and stuff. He's very, very, like, tall, large gentleman. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Glacier's there. 
I saw Chris. I'm not gonna lie to you. There was a gauntlet match at uh, over Hell or High Water that had the fucking Yeti in it. In his mummy costume, I saw Ron <laughs> Reese come out as the Yeti in this gauntlet match oh. that had Brian Pillman Jr. and him and Glacier. It was amazing. And all the matches were great. I loved everything. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, stuff in particular. Uh, actually, uh, while I run down the card, uh, look over it. Uh, Jeffrey, name some highlights about uh, Over Hell or High Water for you, whether it was seeing someone there or one of the matches in particular. Okay, just to brace yourselves, I am a fan, you guys, because I was working the event, to be honest. Shout out to Mickaloon Productions again. Shout out to Tyler that took the pictures that I tagged Dane in. That was exceptional. He did a great job the past few nights. But Joey Ryan, that was my first time ever seeing Joey Ryan in person. So I literally took everything in me to talk to him, to be honest. And it was just great how nice he was. Joey Janela was a great, a nice one. Um, I knew Cody Rose. I knew Young Bucks would be there. It wasn't so much of a surprise. It was so much of seeing Hangman Page, them actually there physically, seeing the Phoenix Plex. Um, I hate to say terminology, but seeing the spot in person. I've seen it go viral so many times, but seeing it in person for the first time was um, crazy. Tony Schiavone, you talk about Conrad. Tony Schiavone, being able to talk to him, telling him how me and my grandmother grew up watching it, the actual wrestling, the tag team match was easily one of my favorite matches of the year already. I know it's only February, but if we want to talk about the actual matches that took place, Son of Havoc kicking off the show with um, Everfly. That was a really great opener. Then the main event was a great closer, like tag team wrestling. The discussion creates tag team wrestling can main event team matchup main event WrestleMania one day. Well, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, they were definitely trying to make a statement. And I just thought the whole entire card was very, very unique. And uh, they had a lot of matches. They had matches for everyone, basically. Uh, you know, uh, whether it be the Lucha Brothers versus Kazarian and Daniels, like, that was a great match. Love seeing the Young Bucks come out at the end. Uh, I was hoping that would happen. When Cody and Adam Page came out earlier, I was like, yeah, they're definitely going to do this. Um, but it was really cool and surreal to be there, you know. And I – Honestly, I forgot about Tony Schiavone being there. I, I have to be honest. I, I had a couple cocktails, um, not going to lie. And that was towards the end now that I'm put, piecing that back in my head. But, yeah, that was crazy to see Tony Schiavone um, just hanging out and watching the matches. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a little bit of this. Like, if, if we look over this match card, and this will bring it back into a discussion, especially so we can get Chris involved, you know, knowing that, that Pentagon and Phoenix, and now we also know um, that uh, Jimmy Havoc – is also has been signed to AEW. I don't know if he's an exclusive deal. I know that uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are non-exclusive, so they'll be able to work with other promotions to an extent. It looks like from what Court Bauer uh, at least tweeted about, you know, it, it looked like he was saying a goodbye. So I don't know if MLW is a part of that or if they're saying that they might still work with Impact. That's a lot of speculation. It might just be Mexico-related. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, but – yeah, I'm wondering, basically, if a lot of the guys that were on this card, if we can see that potentially, you know, the people that were hanging out at Bar Brawl, that were the same people that either performed or were hanging out at uh, Over Hell or High Water, whether it be a Joey Ryan, whether it be an Effie, whether it be, I'm just going to people that were on the card, um, Mil, Mil Mertes, who was another person I really was happy to see. I was very uh, weird. I, I expected El Macias to be there because I thought Mil Mertes was 
a Lucha Underground gimmick, but I still, I guess he's still working for them. I didn't even understand if they're still an entity. Either way, he is someone they should definitely uh, go against or grab. Uh, Casanova Valentine, uh, C- uh, CCW legend. Uh, he's, I think he has a match going against Nick Gage. It's going to be next week. But it was a weird three-way where one was Lucha Libre, one was Hardcore, and they had Vernon White, an ex-MMA fighter. That was very interesting. I think Vernon got confused and kind of like walked away in the midst of it. Uh, we got CMJF and Scorpio Sky. They're, they're already signed, obviously. Um you know, and Tom Lawler, who was uh, teaming with Ken Shamrock. I have no idea if Ken would be, but Tom is definitely someone, even though he's the champion at MLW, another potential person. I could see that would do some really good stuff at AEW. Uh, Penelope Ford, who's obviously there, and Delilah Doom. Uh, Thunder Rosa, who's awesome. I mean, it was Matt Cross, who went against, like we said, Eli Everfly. Uh, two other people, Ethan Page, uh, Ricky Starks. I mean, there's a lot of great names in the indie world that were at the show and other people like Darby Allen, you know, just hanging out. I'm just, and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, you know, as, as, as far as another person, I'm just wondering if we, if we could potentially see them at AEW based on the fact that it seems like they're a part of the same crowd, if that makes sense. Uh, Jeffrey, how, what do you feel about potential of some of these guys going over to AEW? AEW gives hope. And it sounds like a presidential campaign right now, but it gives hope to a lot of people that's always said kind of prior to AEW being around that I don't want to go to WWE. Like, I feel like there's more out there. I feel like there has to be more, but they feel like they're settling for a lesser crowd potentially within Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and other companies, but just didn't want the 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 WWE because of the stories, the reputations and everything. And I've heard that from indie wrestlers from the past two years. And I was kind of like, what? WWE isn't the end all for you? Like, what? (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Like, is that not like the main objective? So the fact that AEW is giving guys like MJF, Scorpio, Penelope, and so many others a chance, people like Flip Gordon, Marty Scroll just waiting to be out of their contract, you know, that's me saying it. That's not anybody else. That's just me thinking, like, when is this contract going to be up? I think that it's a beautiful thing that all these guys that I originally be like, oh, they're working towards in the indie scene to go to WWE, like a EC3 and the people that's there now, it's kind of like they can't really be in the mix of going to AEW before you know it. And I've seen Mil Mertes, um Facebook friends with him, and he was kind of like, you guys think I'm going to be joining AEW? And the post went crazy, like, hey, yeah, like Ricky, <laughs> like, join this. So it's kind of like creating a lot of um, a lot of conversations about, hey, we could just be with Cody. I mean, we're already close enough and um, with the Young Bucks. So I love it, but on the offside, and I don't want to go too deep into this because you guys may talk about it uh, later, but it's kind of like the Salem Witch Trial. I've seen today The Undertaker, Randy Orton, Mickey James. Everybody is being considered for AEW. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely would love to see Ricky Benderas, uh in a in a big company, in a big role like that. You know, the guy's... Extremely talented. I think he's 41, 42, but he's a great wrestler. And I always like the Mil Mortez, you know, gimmick or, or just, I mean, it's kind of Undertaker. It's kind of Ultimate Warrior, but it's his own thing too. And it's, it's, he's, he's strong, but it's also a lot of Lucha Libre. 
Uh, I would like to definitely see him possibly in AEW. So that's awesome if he was talking, you know, small talk. We're not confirming anything, people. We're just saying, you know, little conversations and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like a pivot to what you're saying about Randy Orton. Um, you know, the the fact that he made a statement uh, saying that he's willing to speak with AEW. I wonder if he's saying that in gorilla position with, like, Vince and ear reach. <laughs> because he just wants to renegotiate. And who knows? That, I mean, that would be a crazy get. The Undertaker, we'll, we'll talk more about later, but it's there is, I mean, there's going to be a lot of money thrown around. And unfortunately, loyalty goes to an extent. Um, I, I, it, it, it's crazy to think. But even though there's two potential big TV people in mind with AEW from what Dave Metzler says, and we don't know who exactly that is, um, there's also they don't have a TV deal yet, so that's something that's very important that they got to pin down. But uh, either way, Chris, the first thing I'll throw at you, I, I I saw the fucking Yete in a wrestling match for like two seconds. He lost, he, but I got I, I saw that. Like, what, what do you have to say about that? Um, that's it's kind of fucking amazing to see a Yeti in action. Um, did he do a? Let's see, a body slam of any sort? Maybe a a real tall-looking wrist lock? Or did he just go in and just immediately get tossed out? I, I want video evidence of Yeti. I, I think he may have made it up based on the amount of cocktails you're telling everyone you had. I, I, you know what? I think I have video footage, and that, that's how I figured it out, or someone else did. But I swear, I don't think he lasted long at all. I think he was in and fucking out, but... Same stupid gimmick of calling him a Yeti, but dressing him up like a mummy. It was amazing. It was just incredible. Mwah. But no, out of all seriousness, we've, we've named, I know, a shitload of names. But, like, you know, kind of like to trace it back down. You know, your Darby Allens that were there. Um, your your Mila Mortez, uh, you know. Do you think there's, there's there, there was a reason, basically, for the Young Bucks and Cody to be there, Uh that a lot of these guys could have potential in AEW. And I know that we've talked about that without a lot of reason, but I think this kind of shows more so with them being a part of this, this bunch, Tom Lawler, for instance, um, that, you know, now they got Jimmy Havoc, they got Phoenix, they got Pentagon, that we're going to slowly see some of these people just pop up as updates. Do you think there's any potential in that? I think there's for sure potential in any of those guys. Uh, the, the main ones you named, No Mortes, I think would be a great get if he's willing to work those dates in the contract, whatever. However that stuff shakes out with the TV deal, um, a lot of that pivots around what their TV deal is going to look like. Are they going to be filming somewhere like, you know, what Full Cell does or what Impact does, where it's going to move week to week, or is it going to be in the same spot? Also, I think, you know, if you get No Mortes, does that mean he's still going to be able to wrestle in Mexico? Um, there's just a lot of questions around that. But, I mean, right now, the way that roster's fleshed out with 17 people, I, I think my biggest question, with all the potential names floating around there, all of the people are talented. Like, all of the wrestlers that were mentioned, very talented people. Um, some of them not given a shake on the big big time yet, like a filthy Tom Waller, I think would be very interesting. Uh, moving up to somewhere like All Elite Wrestling, kind of with a fresh TV start. Yeah, all, all of those names, I think, are potential candidates. It's just how big is that roster going to be? There are Right now they're doing one TV show from, I guess, what they have licensed out, what they're going to be, what we know of at least. The plan is one TV show. So you don't want to make your roster so deep that a two-hour TV show you can't get everyone on, which, as we've seen, SmackDown, that happens a lot. Uh, 
And a lot of these matches are going to be long form just because of the way these guys wrestle. I would think, you know, between 8 to 15 minutes for most TV matches would, would be my guess just based on the wrestlers that are currently there and, and their work in previous companies. Uh, so the big question that, that really stands out to me is how they're going to do this or, like, you know, the TV show. Um, and then how many people that leaves you on a roster with. And the fact that they're focusing a lot on tag teams, like, you know, when you talk about Pentagon and, and Phoenix, do they end up being, you know, a, a tag team uh, as opposed to single wrestlers? Uh, you know, where does that take uh, take that company? And I think, well, a lot of questions are going to be answered. I think the biggest question of all is coming February 8th, still floating out there. Obviously, Kenny Omega not announced. He said he was going to announce on February 8th. So that's the big floater. And then, a lot of pieces will fall in after that. And I, I think everyone that you guys saw, like, I'm really jealous. I couldn't go to that. I think that would have been awesome. It's really cool. Super Bowl fell this weekend, or fell last weekend the way it did. We were able to get some good wrestling in town. Sounds like you guys had an awesome time. Very jealous. Yeah, dude, I wish you were there. It was like something that just got, I don't know, put in my lap, and I was like, sure, let's do it. Yeah, sh- screw it. I didn't really think it was going to be – everything that it became and it sucks like i don't know the outlet you know kudos to you because you were in the same arena but you got those videos up of the young bucks interacting with pentagon and phoenix just probably i think it was like five minutes before i put them on twitter so you did it and i i can appreciate that but still it was awesome to be a part of that situation and i think that you know that kind of harpens back to something that you were saying chris that i'm going to ask uh you jeffrey about do you think uh, sorry, hold on one second. I apologize. Someone started calling my phone. Uh, do you think that, that they're looking at Pentagon Phoenix as a tag team, or do you think that Pentagon, especially, and Phoenix are going to be doing some solo stuff, or do you think that the Young Bucks are looking at them as the, the Lucha Brothers, basically? I think that from the Young Bucks, um, the closing curtain speech that they gave at the show, they're looking at it as a tag team, but in wrestling, you just really don't know. But I definitely feel like it would be preferred as a tag team because they gave that big speech as a driving force as a tag team, and they can't be the main event. And it was a really moving speech, to be honest. I know a lot of people kind of like promo, speech, whatever you want to call it, but those spoken words was really touchy to me especially it's kind of like damn these are like really like some some like politicians civil rights the way they were speaking to me like it was quiet in the venue and everybody was just listening they were saying some really deep things so i think that from the words that they were saying is that phoenix and pentagon would be a tag team and always wrestling of course they would have those tag team matches um excuse me those single matches um here and there i'm trying to think of a split team that goes for tag team and sometimes singles because I don't think Sheamus and Cesaro do it but I can't think quick enough but nevertheless be leading the tag team pack that's what the Young Bucks have in mind right now right now and yeah I mean it seems like that's definitely something that they're trying to really zone in on um, is having a great tag team division because we can we can definitely see uh, and, and SmackDown takes care of them a lot more than Raw. Um, but the tag divisions are strong on both Raw and SmackDown. They're just not utilized. And uh, that's, I think, the main driving force of the reason why Matt and Nick, well, besides the fact they wanted to take this adventure and try AEW, but why Matt and Nick are staying away from 
uh, WWE in doing this is because of what the tag division's like over in WWE. Um, but let's go more into this. So, yeah, Pentagon and Phoenix, they signed non-exclusive uh, deals. I'm assuming, like I said, and I'm, I'm assuming with Mel Mortez, it would probably be the same thing. So they can work in Mexico and also work there. I don't know if Impact's a part of that situation. It sounds like MLW is not. Um, I also, we already went over Jimmy Havoc uh, joining. Uh, the rally is tomorrow, and they're doing a rally for uh, Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. Uh, I think it's going to be 9 o'clock over here, 6 over there. Um, so I think that the main thing everyone is assuming is going to happen is Kenny Omega is going to be there, and he's going to be, you know, announced um, for AEW. Um, but there's no confirmation behind that. Uh, just, you know, let's speculate for a moment. Um, Chris, what do you think is going to happen at this rally tomorrow as far as people getting signed, or do you think that we'll get at least maybe a TV deal? I'm hoping that we get a TV deal. Um, I think that you're definitely going to see, you know, Jimmy Havoc, which we're going to talk about later uh, in some format. And then obviously probably some promos leading up to their show. If it's not too far out, I think they're going to start building that. They are – they have the uh, obviously the YouTube videos that they're putting out right now, which is uh, what is it? The road to uh, the double or nothing, I believe they're calling the pay per view. Um, so I think yeah. you're going to get a little bit more of that, some promos, and and probably the signing of Jimmy Havoc, and and definitely just the here it's official outside of Twitter. Here's you know Phoenix and Pentagon. So you got you got three big gets there. I'm just surprised they're not waiting one more day till Saturday or doing it on Friday to coincide with whatever Kenny Omega's doing because, like, his date was the 8th. I mean, his contract's already up. His hard date he set for himself to announce wherever he was going was the 8th. So, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he can do whatever. He could show up a day early and surprise everyone, and I think that would be, you know, the big big moment. If you're going to do a whole conference, that would be the reason I would throw it, but outside of that, I mean, it's going to be the people they already signed. Probably Bad Boy Joe, uh, Bad Boy Joey Janela doing something, um, and just continuing, you know, what they already have going. I would like to see maybe the titles, what the titles would look like. Yeah. I don't know how far they are on, on, on that, but that's always a, a big deal. You know, what are these titles going to look like? Are they going to look awesome like New Japan, or are they going to look like, uh, you know, a giant WWE logo with fucking barely any gold around it at all? I mean, the whole point of winning the title belt, there's a lot of fucking gold on it. But uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's just a discussion for if I like the titles or not, I guess. Um, but... Yeah, like, I, I think it's going to be more of that. Like, uh, maybe you see some titles, you see, you know, the new signees. They probably cut some promos, and hopefully they build some feuds out of that. And maybe a surprise. You know, we haven't really heard much of the big names that were rumored out there. You know, one was Bill Goldberg originally. Don't think that's going to happen. I feel like that's something that will leak pretty quick if, that, if they start going down that road, but... Yeah, just based on everything that we've seen this week, I think it's just going to be more of them talking about what they did at the Super Bowl uh, with the events that you went to, the signings that came up this week, and hopefully either announce a TV deal or at least give us a glimpse of what the titles are going to look like. And obviously promote the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think, I think those are the big three. New signees, 
possibly showing us what the titles look like. Maybe just the World Heavyweight title, but at least one of them on display and some information about the TV deal. Jeffrey, what do you think, you know, speculate a little bit. The rally's tomorrow night in Las Vegas. What do you think AEW is going to premiere? Um, stuff that we were talking about, or are you thinking even outside the box besides that? Uh, I can't even lie. I think that some more new signees, that's just a generic response. So I was thinking pretty basic in that, thinking that more signees will be announced. Uh, a big one, whether it is Kenny Omega or uh, another huge name, something with a plot twist, a monkey wrench somewhere in there uh, that gets the buzz going. I mean, at All In, you saw that they already know a lot of legends in itself. They're already associated with a lot of people, so that's really good to know. So uh, I, I really – maybe has tickets been announced? Maybe it seems lowball, but that's probably something they'll probably announce if that hasn't already. Uh, but, yeah, I was just thinking of these signings. I really wasn't thinking about the titles or other than maybe a Kenny Omega or, or a pop-up, to be honest. But I'm excited to see. Oh, but there's one other thing I want to say before I – I end is that I do think that it's going to drive some storylines already. I, they, I feel like they already started at the last um, conference. I think that it is going to continue to progress it even harder, to be honest. Like, that's a given. And I'm excited to see what they're doing because it's unique. I feel like WWE is even unique. I feel like everybody is unique, but AEW has, like, a lot of creativity that is out of this out of this world because of the superstars that are associated with it already. They're creative as hell. So I'm just wondering what they're about to do because they're always, in my opinion, one step ahead of me. I don't know about anybody else, but they're one step ahead of me, and that excites me. So I'm excited to see how these stories are going to be driven. Absolutely. And within that conversation you said before I end, did, does that mean that you have to go or, or are you just saying like b- before you end uh, your conversation just now? I was a little confused. I would say that before I ended on what did I think of the AEW double rally. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Just wanted to make sure, you know, I know that <laughs> you're going between like six different uh, podcasts tonight. So I just want to make sure you can get from one to the next. Um, but yeah, let's 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 talk about. This. We we only have it seems like a bunch of news related to AEW, but I guess that's stuff that's. Well, it was very very WWE oriented last week with the Rumble, so I guess this makes sense. Uh, yeah, hardcore legend Jimmy Havoc uh, is joining AEW. I think that's an awesome get. I'm just wondering how far behind Mr. Sammy Callahan is. Um, but yeah, you know, between CZW and, and the stuff that he's done overseas, but in Britain, in his neck of the woods, uh, awesome wrestler. You know, I got to know him more so for MLW for him being a part of it for the last couple months. But um, really good get from AEW. I don't know the extent of his contract. I just know that he's their new signee. Um, Chris, what do you know about Mr. Jimmy Havoc? I mostly know Jimmy Havoc's work from Progress, and he was an absolute. I mean, he's an absolute monster. He's one of the few. Um, I guess UK wrestlers that to me hasn't gotten to the big time yet. So it'd be cool to see what they do with him and have him break, uh, you know, break through, see if he can break through that ceiling because he's had some incredible matches, uh, specifically in progress. Like I said, um, I like his gimmick a lot. I think it's, it's unique. It has a little bit of uh, there's shades of the villain in there, but um, he kind of reminds me of 
the zombie darling a little bit, whose name is slipping my mind. Uh, God, he appears uh, to work for WWE, and I cannot think of his name. But uh, oh, I'll come back. I'll come back to it because I'm just going to get stuck. But anyways, uh, yeah, like I think it's a unique gimmick. I think he's a great wrestler in the ring. It's cool to see some of that UK strong style. Um, come over in. Uh, I would compare him more to like Zack Sabre Jr. than you know Pete Dunne, obviously. But uh, I, I like that pickup. I think it's really it's really unique and kind of was a little unexpected by me. Um, I know he was a big time free agent, but I, I thought he would have been more on WWE's radar. So you know that's kind of cool uh, to see that. Hopefully, you can see more people from Progress and in, in that side of the world showing up in AEW. That's exciting. But yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I mean, when it comes to his side over here, Sammy Callahan is definitely someone I'd like to see join. But when it comes to someone I've seen him battle over there is another hardcore wrestler, Mikey Whiplash, I think would be awesome um, if to come over here with his like little, I'm not sure. It, it, it's kind of like uh, Dr. Frankenfurther from Rocky Horror Picture Show meets Sting. But I always, I, th- I thought he was a cool wrestler, and I've seen him literally have, like, I don't know what the hell they are. Those like little porcupine things stuck out of him um, from Jimmy Havoc in a very brutal hardcore match. And I'm not usually into that stuff, but I thought it was pretty, pretty badass. All right, yeah. now that it, I look like uh, an just idiot, to, uh, just, just to clarify, it's Jimmy Jacobs. That's who the fuck I was talking about. The Zombie Princess himself. Uh, he reminds me of Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, I had to get that out. Or I got you. Crazy. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, especially their their look. Um, but either way, uh, also, Jeffrey, what do you think about Jimmy Havoc? Do you think that's a good get for AEW? I think that it was predictable, to be honest. Kind of like thinking of some of the people that's already signed. It was predictable, but nevertheless, it was a good signing. Uh, it's one of those... Uh, I have to always bring up the WWE. I'm going to be honest, I'm a WWE guy. I don't ever want that to that to get like laws, but I am a WWE guy, so if I mention them, they like the blueprint, the standard for me personally. But uh, a lot of people always say, don't go to the WWE, he's not going to use you, and they kind of probably was right, to be honest. Look what happened to Mordecai. So, um, with Jimmy Havoc, it is, I'm excited for him because I've been following his work, uh, particularly with MLW, with Sammy Callahan, and it has been – it's really one of the, the main reasons I attend to MLW past few months. Uh, more so from low-key, it's been the Jimmy Havoc and Sammy Callahan. What are they going to do? Their brawls, their matches, their their rivalry. I think that it probably don't get talked about it enough, in my opinion. So it was good to hear from it, from you with MLW, because a lot of people don't even watch MLW, unfortunately. It's a really good show. But I think that I'm excited for him. Uh, he's had matches with CZW. Um, he's he had matches with Pete Dunne, British Russell, like you guys said. I'm excited for him. I feel like he's good since he's had to, to respond back to so much criticism. Who knew that a uh, move to better your career would receive so much backlash, so many haters out there. So he's fully confident in what he's doing from what I've seen on Twitter. I'm strolling. I'm kind of like, oh, they're going in on him, and he is firing back. So – and he's he's the good guy, they would say. <laughs> so it's interesting at how AEW is developing and how the fans respond to things because they did, they were not pleased 
on the internet. But I'm happy for him, man. I think that is going to lead to some interesting matchups. I would love to see Jimmy Havoc versus Chris Jericho. Jimmy Havoc versus Neville. I would love to see all that. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, here's a weird name that's been thrown out. Uh, there were some early reports about a WWE big star apparently, you know, the, the the saying is he's willing to talk to All Elite Wrestling uh, via communication with this person, and it's been reported that it's Randy Orton. Now, like I was making a joke of earlier, like Randy Orton is openly to discuss the willingness to talk to All Elite Wrestling. Does that mean that he made a statement to someone or that, you know, he just said that in the back grill position in front of Vince and he's trying to negotiate more money because I just don't, I don't know if there's really any fire with the smoke, basically. But to kind of humor it, since it's been a talking point, who knows? If the money's right, Randy's a little bit different. You know, I kind of feel, and I could be wrong. You might be right, Chris, about this, but I I kind of feel that John Cena especially, and also Brock Lesnar, and maybe maybe Brock would be someone that would would leave uh, for for a certain amount of money. But they're, they're, they're like... They're probably going to stay over at WWE, especially Cena. I don't see him doing that. I think he cares more about trying to get into acting than if he's going to leave WWE. Um, but with Randy Orton, is there? Could that actually be possible about the Viper saying, "I'm bored. You know, there's nothing for me to do here. If they made me a good offer, I'd probably consider going over there." I I don't know if he's. I'm assuming he's still friends with Cody. You know, uh, do you think that that's a possibility at all, Chris? Oh, man, with Orton, it's so hard to say because he was the golden child for so long in WWE. I mean, he is a 13-time world champion. Um, But I think if he left, you know, Vince may be understanding even if things don't work out enough to bring him back. So maybe for a one-year deal and the right amount of money, they really don't have anything for him to do right now on SmackDown. It's almost like that he has become the legend that people should be trying to kill which is kind of funny from, you know, where he started, which is the legend killer. I mean, what the the world's – he was the youngest champion in WWE for the longest time. I don't know if that still holds up, but that was, like, you know, a big part of his career. I mean, this guy was pushed to the moon for a really long time. I don't see it, and I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because, like, money talks, bullshit walks, and Orton – I mean, I don't – you know, it's going to require Orton to work more. Right now, Orton is – I'm sure he's traveling and on the road, but he's not working every night. Like, he's not working SmackDown every night. Um, whereas this, with being a big name, I would assume that unless he can flesh out some kind of deal where he has, like, a partial contract similar to what Brock Lesnar has in WWE, you're going to be talking about him being on the show. Especially, like, if if cards fall the way that I would think, if you're bringing him in, the, the feud there would be him versus Cody. Uh, you already have that kind of built in with... Um, what a, the, the group that they had, I can't think of the name that's slipping my mind right now, uh, with him and, and DiBiase and, and Cody Rhodes. But I, can't I don't know. That's an interesting – it's an interesting thing. I think, you know, Orton putting that out there is a negotiation chip. But I'm pretty sure that he's still under contract for, like, at least a year. I, I think this may be a case of where it's just smoke and there is no fire, but who the hell knows? He could ask for an early release. I I don't know. I mean, I think he re-signed when he came back 
from injury and kind of had that feud with Brock Lesnar and got his head split open. He had just resigned then. So unless his contract is up now, I think it's kind of just a – it would be cool to see Orton there, but, like, uh, it could just be a bargaining chip for his next contract. Who knows? I just – I mean, with, when you have 13 titles, you're treated as kind of the big shit in WWE. You're working in a limited schedule. He's a guy that I couldn't see flopping just because it's kind of cush unless you're going to pay him the right amount of money. Now, that being said, like, you put enough dollars on, on anything, you see someone, you know, decide to – split ship as we've seen in other sports, not just wrestling, but, you know, a lifelong <laughs> team player can go to any team he wants to. Like, no one ever thought LeBron was going to leave Cleveland, but he went to Miami for the right amount of money in the right situation. Who the hell fucking knows? I mean, that is, that is a very, very good point. Um, it, it would just be crazy if RKO – is chanted at an AEW arena for Randy to hit it on someone uh, instead of WWE. Uh, Jeffrey, same question. Uh, do you think that there's possibility that Randy Orton could be going over to AEW? One thing that I learned about professional wrestling when the Hulk Hogan double crossed <laughs> this man in WWF after he said that he wasn't getting back into wrestling, he just wanted to pursue acting. And that he had loyalty. But you can't trust anybody. You can't trust Lex Luger in that handshake deal. You can't trust. But this is the one thing that I will say about Vince McMahon is that we as people, we learn from our mistakes. And you're not going to tell me that New England Patriots, I like to give examples if you guys can't tell, but you're not going to tell me that New England Patriots isn't going to learn from their mistakes the previous year to be better this year. Vince McMahon has already been in a war that's very similar. And I'm not saying that it's a war right now, but just by speculations of people jumping over, crossing back and forth, he's been there. He's been, he's done that. He's learned what to do. He gave Kurt Angle his blessing uh, back in 06, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like, hey, we're not about to do that. Switching over to Impact and everything, like, he's learned how to do it. He has contracts in place, the 90-day clause, et cetera, et cetera, that wasn't around in the 90s. Like, he's learned. So, I don't think that Randy Orton, and I think that a lot of the guys have kind of shown in these 24-7 documents, is that Vince isn't as a big, bad wolf as a lot of people, well, I'm going to say me, think that he is. I think that if you communicate with him, I may be completely wrong, but if you communicate with him, like, hey, AEW is doing this, he'll kind of give you a blessing because the 24s, Specials have kind of shown that with AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, and all these people like Vince's. There, I say he's forgiving, but I also feel like he's not no fool, and that he's been through that. Like he was screwed over by all the people I named before. I feel like he's learned from that mistake. So, if Randy Orton is, which I think that is a strong possibility, a hundred percent, I don't think that it, it's. I wouldn't put it past me in a sense, but. I think that he probably communicated as well. Kind of Chris Jericho. That's a, a, a recent one. Chris Jericho was kind of like, yeah, Vince knows. He said it in the podcast that everybody heard. Vince knew this. Vince told me, yeah. So I think there's communication there, and I think that is possible in retrospect. I feel like a lot of the lines have been kind of like diminished because of podcasts, because of communication. That curtain has been open a bit, and that's why I'm thinking like, yeah, this man could go, and yeah, Vince probably know. Like, I think that you said it, Dana, earlier, so I think that it's 100% possible, and I think that what these wrestlers are looking for is less work schedule and more money. 
So if you give me that, I'm good. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I'm just thinking how cool it would be to have a situation. I mean, they would have to sign Sammy Callahan, but going back to that, if they got Sammy and they had Randy, and after Randy makes his appearance, he starts off his next big feud is Sammy trying to hunt him down and kill the legend killer, basically, like Chris was kind of alluding to. But he's doing the heel shit against Randy. I think that would be a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff they could do. But let's not get our hopes up too much. But, uh, Jeffrey, I know that, like I said, you got a bunch of stuff you got to do tonight, man. Do you want to make any plugs? And uh, just want to say once again, thank you so much for coming on, man, and talking about those cool events that we were at last week. Thank you so much, Dane, and you, Chris, you guys are doing an amazing job, and I appreciate the opportunity for me to talk this brief second. Uh, you can follow me on everything at J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-S-H-O-W-L-I-V-E, and that provides indie commentary as well as mainstream wrestling as well if you follow me on any social media platform. You're guaranteed to see something exclusive from the indie professional world that nobody else is really delivering, to be honest, because I make sure of it. Call it politics. I don't care, but I'm very selective of what I'll post. But um, hope to see you guys at WrestleMania weekend as well. I, I just want to throw that out there in the universe as well. Thanks, buddy. We'll definitely have to have you on maybe after Elimination Chamber to shoot the shit about that. And uh, hope to see you in person sometime soon. I might be coming back to uh, Teddy Long School to see y'all's next um, event. When is that? Uh, th- this Friday. <laughs> this Friday. Oh, shoot. <laughs> right. But I'm going to say this Friday. <laughs> I don't know if you're able to announce it yet, but I heard you got big things coming up too this month. I don't know if you want to announce it or say anything, but I think that I may be seeing you sooner than later. Yeah, actually, uh, now that you mention it, uh, OSWA Wrestling over – in um, Cornelia, Georgia, Old School Wrestling Alliance, um, I was asked to come in and uh, try out for some um, some uh, color commentary. Um, I'm, I'm doing the, the JR role. I'm... Thank you, sir. Um, I hope that, you know, between that and if I have to do any interviews, I can basically do it is, is what I'm worried about. I was, you know, I've, I've got a theater background. I've done all this stuff with the podcasting, but actually getting on stage or having to – I, it makes they make it sound like I'm going to be on a sound system projecting over the damn match. So if that's true, that will be very interesting. I don't really know how it works, uh, but I appreciate you bringing that up, man. Um, I, I hope I hope to see you there. Yes, that's the plan, man. You guys have a great rest of the show. Thanks, Jeffrey. Good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Jeffrey. Yeah, but now that he mentioned it, uh, if you guys are interested, it's the 16th, which is next Saturday evening. Um, there will be information online. I will share it once I get a little bit of a match card. But it was good having Jeffrey on uh, to talk about some wrestling. It's always fun uh, chit-chatting with him. But, uh, yeah, some craziness. Chris, h- how do you think I'll do at Color Commentary? Tell me I'm going to do that. I think you're going to be. I'm going to be horrible. I think you're going to suck for the first match, and then once you get your – you know, a little bit of wind underneath your wings, you'll just fall right in, man. I think you're going to do great. I, but, you know, that first match is always going to be a little rough, right? So, But I think you're going to do an awesome job. You're, you're always really, really fucking funny. We do commentary over our WWE 2K18 matches, so I'm assuming it's going to be about the same thing. <laughs> 
I appreciate that, Chris. I actually sent Bobby, uh, the guy that runs it, a video of me drunkenly not remembering doing commentary during Tom Lawler and Ken Shamrock's match. Uh, Tom was coming out with, um, I think it's Kenny Kingston was his manager. Um, and I was behind him. There's a video footage of this, and I'm going, Tom Lawler, blah, 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 blah. He must have heard me. He must have wanted to just, like, turn around and just punch me in the fucking face. But I appreciate that filthy Tom Lawler did not do that. Um, but either way, hey, it should be interesting. Another avenue of getting into, in, in, into the business. Hopefully uh, I learn how to take a flat back bump like you've been trying to get me to do for years uh, eventually, you know. But um, <laughs> craziness. Um, all right, so we got some more stuff to talk about with, like I said, AEW. Uh, via Dave Metzler with the Wrestling Observer, he announced that AEW is close to, to – uh, close to being signed between two TV deals, and they're, they're very big clients. There's been a lot of speculation, nothing confirmed, but some of the names that we're hearing is ESPN and also TNT and TBS, two stations that were owned by, or are still owned by Turner Broadcasting, who had a little you know, show called WCW back in the day. would be very crazy if we saw you know, Thursday night, Tuesday Night Dynamite on Tuesday nights on TNT uh, with AEW, but either way, when Dave's saying that they're, you know, I, I don't know the exact words, Chris, but they're they're pretty big TV deals, and there's two of them. What 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 is a what is a big TV deal to you? Well, one of those TV deals, not TBS, gains access to a market that that's outside of what WWE currently has, which is you have a standard TV audience. You have people that don't necessarily have cable, but have uh, antenna or can get an antenna for like 12 to 15 bucks uh, from like uh, pretty much anywhere, a digital antenna, um, whether they hook it up to their Xbox, their TV, whatever, there's ways to do that. So, I mean, getting TBS would be a big get because you're opening yourself up to a market that one WWE doesn't have. And two, you know, is well-known and had wrestling for a long time. I mean, you had, you had Thunder and you had, uh, what, Saturday Night? <sighs> well, Saturday, whatever the WCW Saturday Night show is, I can't think of right now. But I think that's, you know, a lineage of wrestling. TNT, the same thing, had Nitro um, in the past, has had Raw. Uh, those, to me, are two big stations. Um, the other one that was floating out there, I guess, was ESPN, which is a huge station. I just don't know that you also get the opposite with sports fans when you talk about ESPN, where they tune in to watch the the rerun of Sports Center and wrestling's on. Like, how is that going to affect ratings? Is that going to piss people off? Like, I, that's more ESPN's problem than AEW's problem. But I would prefer to see them on TBS and TNT. You know, to me, TBS is kind of the perfect fit because, like I said, it opens up a market that WWE doesn't have um, outside of like you know maybe people that subscribe to Hulu or. Uh, watch the shows the next day, but as far as just instantaneously watching wrestling on Tuesdays, that's something WWE can't give you um, because they're not going to be broadcasted on Fox, you know, Channel 5. They're going to be broadcasted on, like, Fox Sports or a cable network, so WWE cable programming. So it'd be very interesting to see that. But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about big TV deal, I think two-hour time slot, prime time, you know, Tuesday night from 8 to 10, on either of those channels, um, 
I, I, if I was them, I would try to steer away from ESPN just because you have to worry about uh, are they going to be wanting to show a college football game at the same time as this, or is there a bowl game at the same time as this? Are they going to delay the show? Is the show actually going to be taped on? And that gets into if they're doing a live show or not. That's the other thing, which we don't know, is are these shows going to be live? Yep. If the shows are going to be live, then now you're getting a taped show instead of a live show. Um, if it's if it's always going to be taped, that's probably not as big of a deal. But to me, TBS is kind of a perfect landing spot. Um, but TNT, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what TNT's Hulu contract looks like. That would be the only thing. Because if you're going to compete with WWE, I feel like that you got to get your show up on Hulu as well. Um, at least with TBS, you're opening it up to a market that I have that. I don't want to say lower income bracket because a lot of people don't have cable, but you are in turn opening yourself up to a lower income bracket by having your show on a network that's over the air, free TV. So uh, it's also, you know, like I said, both those channels, former relationships with WCW, probably a smart place to go. Uh, well, well, that being said, that didn't necessarily end well the first time around. So, Yeah. But I, I don't know. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Because I, 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 this is one thing we haven't had. a. I mean, outside of us just saying they need a TV deal, we haven't really talked about landing spots outside of Spike and TNT originally. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the wrestling fan in me just likes the concept, I, I think, more than anything of it being on TNT, but that's just because, you know, the Monday Night Wars, all that shit. So that was the place that hosted Nitro. It would be kind of cool if AEW is on there, but T- I, I think I agree with you. TBS makes the most sense. Um, it really does. Uh, you know, for all the reasons that you said, it's still a Turner channel. So, I mean, technically if they do well and they want to do a second show, which chill the fuck out and let's get one show done first, they could use eventually both networks if they want to do like a Saturday show or something. I think the biggest thing is we're not going to see this deal I think come to fruition until WWE moves Tuesdays. I don't think that they want to compete on Tuesday night SmackDown versus that. I think they want to be able to host their own night to be able to get their own audience. And that's probably what's driving them uh, mainly. And I think any outlet would be good. ESPN. I, I just don't know if they would fucking invent the channel ESPNW to put them on or some shit. If they would put them on like the ESPN Z, like, I don't know how many fucking stations they have. So that's a hairy situation, but yeah, I think that I think TBS makes the most sense. And if it's Turner stations, they have a whole bunch of them, you know, if they're doing well, if they want to do something else, or maybe, Hey, they put on TNT and they put their rerun on sometime Saturday on fucking TBS for people for, you know, that don't have TNT. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, it's really interesting, but I'm hoping that obviously they're not talking about the pursuit channel, no offense to impact, but I'm just, that's, I think that's a little bit bigger than that. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I think that TNT, TBS are good channels of what I'm assuming Dave Metzler might be referring to. What were you going to say, Chris? Yeah, I, I just remember that TBS, TBS and Peachtree TV have switched everything I said about having that other market just went out the window. <laughs> It's okay. Um, we'll go back in time and and try to stop that whole entire thing from happening. So before I get so, roasted on the internet, I just looked at that. At least in Georgia, TBS is a cable channel, and we, it was replaced with Peachtree. For the longest time, 
to let everyone know, I didn't have cable growing up. So TBS, like, you know, Thursday night and Saturday night WCW was a lot of what I got outside of other people recording <laughs> the Monday Not Worse for me that I got on trade team. So, uh, yeah, I forgot that they had switched that up. That shows you how much I watch, uh, you know, reruns of Seinfeld and Big Bang. Yeah, yeah, it's it's understandable. There's a fucking million stations. So if you forgot the order, I mean, it happens. Does that mean that that you're with me? Let's do TNT. Let's get the Monday Night Wars going on. Fuck it. Let's do it Monday Night Dynamite. Wouldn't that be a great idea, Chris? No. I mean, I would say I would say TNT just because I well now that I'm thinking about it, TBS I think has more actual TV shows now, miniseries and stuff. So. I don't. I can't think of anything on TNT lineup right off my hand, but I can think of some shows. Um, what it might make more sense on TNT. I mean, that might be the way to go. But at the end of the day, it's like who's gonna? I mean, they're both Turner networks, right? So it's like, yeah. hey, we have a TV deal between TV two TV networks that are gonna give us probably the same amount of money, and just want to figure out where we're gonna land on the line. So it's more of like How they where they're gonna. How about they just turn TNT into to, to like an all-day um, uh, just recaps of the Puppy Bowl uh, from last couple of years, and then they just they they have their wrestling show once a week. I'm gonna shut up I mean, now. Just out of, all right. I mean, just out of curiosity, like right now on TNT, you have Central Intelligence drop the mic which is a show where literally, like, you have stars, celebrities, do rap battles against each other that are pre-written. And then you have Snoop Dogg Presents the Joker's Wild, which is a Snoop Dogg game show. On Thursdays, say between 8 and 10, you have Charmed, Supernatural, and Supernatural. So Nice. I'm just going to go on a limb and say, I... Um, maybe Charmed at this point pulls more, but they, like these would be reruns. This wouldn't even be because it doesn't. I think Charmed comes on, or I, I mean Supernatural from nine to ten, for instance, or from nine to eleven, which well actually this shit goes to like twelve. These would be all reruns, I would think. Um, so reruns schedule, of. <laughs> I'm just saying, so reruns of Dusty Rhodes matches is not so much to ask of them to get the fucking. Amazing AEW, you know, wrestling on. I think that that would be worth it. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I mean, that's what I'm getting at is like, I mean, literally from like, they, I mean, the, the the only thing with TNT is they have the NBA week. They have the NBA from seven fifteen to nine thirty. But like on a normal day where there's no NBA, it's literally just reruns of like Charm and Supernatural. So if you're telling me like original content is needed for TNT, then Big gap. The thing that scares me about some of these networks, the same thing with ESPN, is you have things like the NBA, right? So you're going against a wrestling show in its first year. What do you put on? You put on, you know, the Lakers versus the Celtics, which a lot of fucking people are going to watch, or do you go? And, and what does that do to your show? Does that mean your show then comes on after those games? Does it come on before those games? Or it then show it the next day? Because Tuesday night down at night or whatever. It's going to be really fucking weird. I don't know. Just looking at these TV schedules is kind of weird. I, I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> at this point, I'm assuming it's a money bid for the contract. 
So it's how much money are they actually going to pay them, uh, similar to WWE? Because if you remember, WWE was floating between USA again for SmackDown or Fox. They got off of Fox. This is weird because both of these networks, the two primary ones that everyone's been talking about, and what we've been hearing, kind of fall under the same umbrella. It'd be like you know, if Fox was if FX was bidding against a show for FXX. So, <laughs> just strange. Yep, it'll be interesting, you know. I'm just saying that if Cody were to call Ted Turner and be like, look, Ted, we'll do TBS, but you got to get all this fucking charmed supernatural bullshit off the goddamn thing, and we're going to do my dad's old matches all day. I think Ted would be like, I want that idea. Uh, yeah, but I, let's – let's. I mean, the biggest problem with that is WWE, WWE owns all that content. Like, all the FCW shit, all the WCW – shit, all the WCW shit. WWE owns that entire back library. So you would indirectly be playing... (laughs) Because I'm keeping it realistic. You'd indirectly have to pay WWE to show that stuff. So then you're in bed with two different wrestling companies, which has not happened since... God, when WWF used to come on ESPN and AWA used to come on ESPN. Now... (laughs) which ESPN doesn't give a shit about the wrestling lineage other than showing one Ric Flair documentary. But back in the day, like in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, or I guess the early, whenever ESPN debuted, a lot of their content was rerun wrestling shows. I think it's really easy for people to forget that because they kind of went so hard away from wrestling and, and, and like a dislike for it. And now they have it like fucking on their website and they talk about it. And they had Jonathan Coachman talk about it. He has like his own little segment about it. It's just, that whole situation with ESPN is weird. So I just, that, I mean, I would rather see them on Spike, TNT, or TBS outside of, you know, I mean, obviously. If USA wanted to be real dicks, honestly, I would offer them a contract for Tuesday nights after they lose SmackDown and pick them up on fucking Tuesday nights and then just have a battle on their own station for us. Which would be great Ooh. for us. Now you have a direct meter of, which show is actually better, and which one are people tuning into more? Like, if you really wanted to stick it to Vince McMahon, especially after, you know, how that Fox deal went down, you know, Raw is locked in for a while. And, and we're just speculating. Like, I don't, I'm not, obviously, neither of us are fucking in these meetings. But if I was a, if I was someone at USA and I really wanted to shit in Vince's cereal, Unless there's something in the contract that says they can have no other wrestling show on their network, there's no reason why they couldn't offer a contract to be like, hey, you know what would be awesome if we just had both? But hopefully Vince was smart enough to be like, whatever channel we're on, that's the only wrestling show. But, you know, uh, it's so hard uh, with wrestling contracts in general that you never get to see this stuff. Like with, with the NFL and the NBA and uh, – you know, even to the NHL for some extent, you know exactly what channels that stuff is going to come on. If it's in the contract, there's nothing else going to be going on on those nights. It's very specific. Uh, with wrestling, it's kind of like, it's just like, shh, don't tell nobody. Yeah, I, I agree on everything that you said. And speaking about, you know, not telling anybody, that kind of reminds me a little bit, uh, possibly about, you know, some of y'all's mindsets. Um where you don't have to tell anyone about what I'm about to tell you about this great product, our wonderful sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. You know, let, 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 let's, let's get into this whole entire thing. 
Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go, when you could have about four, you know, taggins, if you will, and, and just keep on going. Get an Iron Man match done, if you will. Have a couple of, of pins in between. Uh, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you, have, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. I know from my experience with Blue Chew, it was an awesome sponsor, um, I was able to perform much longer and, uh, you know, please the lady that I was with. And um, I have to say that it was definitely because of Blue Chew. I mean, it's not so much uh, technically if you're having any type of erectile dysfunction or anything like that or, or performance issues. This is just to increase performance as well. So, you know, any type of situation when it comes to pleasuring your girlfriend, your wife, your lady friend, whatever she may be, this might be a situation with an all-natural solution like Blue Chew, and Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped uh, straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code GVN, as in Geek Fives Nation, GVN, and you just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code GVN to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Definitely check out Blue Chew, guys. You'll enjoy it. All right. Let's move on to more, to more obscure rumors involving AEW. This one... Uh, it, it kind of started, I guess you could say, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find, um, it, it started on the Wrestling Observer with Dave Metzler just saying that he thought it was really strange that Undertaker uh, st- uh, began promoting his gimmick outside the WWE and making public appearances not associated with WWE. Uh, today, literally right before the show, um, Wrestling Inc. reported that The Undertaker removed affiliation to WWE on all his social media accounts. Now, two things to take into with all this. I haven't heard, you know, um, I like hearing Dave Metzler's res- responses based on other new stuff. Nothing against Wrestling Inc. I think they're a great outlet. I think Raj Geary and all the guys over there do a great job. I just want to hear more detailed situation or maybe speculation uh, based on what Dave hears from all this. Uh, I don't know if this is anything AEW related or if it's just Taker just being done. Um, Who knows? It could mean nothing. We also have to keep in account that I believe it was uh, noted recently that Michelle convinced Undertaker to get his own Instagram because he was basically kind of taking over hers or something like that. So I know he's not the most social media savvy person in the world. Uh, Still, it is kind of strange that he's been removing his affiliation with WWE. Uh, I haven't really cross-referenced their website to see if he's in the active section like he was or if they've moved into the legend section. So I guess while I let Chris respond to that, I will try to, in a, in a fury, find out that information. But Chris, hearing the basics to this, 
what do you think about Undertaker removing affiliation to WWE on his social media accounts? I, I think it could mean one of two things. One, they're doing similar to what they did with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and trying to save a surprise for WrestleMania and build up to it uh, past probably, I guess, Elimination Chamber is the next pay-per-view. Uh, past that, and then they're going to bring it back online with some flurry or some flash and panache. Because they did, I mean, they did the same thing with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They actually changed their names back to their indie names for a while um, when they were in limbo between SmackDown and Raw. The other possibility that I thought of after we talked about this before the show um, is that they're just, he is their big Hall of Fame person this year, which is very possible that they induct Taker into the Hall of Fame this year. This is all just setting up to that. And then that's your big surprise is, hey, Taker's going into the Hall of Fame. And the reason I say that is because I think they want to do the Rock of the Hall of Fame this year simply because they moved the Hall of Fame from Friday to Saturday. And NXT is on Friday, which means they need a big get for the Hall of Fame because your WrestleMania crowd has so much to choose from on Saturday, including a Ring of Honor New Japan show, I believe, um, that same night, like the same time as the Hall of Fame. You also have, and that's at Madison Square Garden, and then all the other shows that are around that that's actually wrestling and not the Hall of Fame. So to me, you have to have a big get. Undertaker, while not The Rock, um, but in wrestling fans' eyes, is a huge get, especially to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't think anyone that was going to WrestleMania weekend that's a huge WWF fan would skip that uh, to go see Ring of Honor. That is my guess on what they're doing. I don't think this is anything where, like, hey, Taker's leaving and he's going to wrestle in New Japan or Ring of Honor or anything. More than likely, it's either they're waiting for a surprise to say he's coming back to do one more match at Mania or whatever, um, or he's their big Hall of Fame person this year. We'll know more about that as soon as they start announcing the other Hall of Fame inductees. And I'm sure we'll get some kind of cool taker moment out of it. I think this is just internet suspense more than anything else. Uh, more and more we're seeing people use Twitter to their advantage and social media to their advantage to help get their gimmicks over. And I think it's kind of cool. Like Jericho, we talked about it you know, last few weeks. Jericho kind of taking shots at different people and just keeping his name relevant uh, while he's not currently wrestling. Um, and Sammy Callahan, when he had the botch, he took to it as a full heel, and that helped him get his gimmick over. You know, Sammy, you know, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens changing their names back to their indie names. You're like, oh, what the hell does this actually mean? So, I, you know, it's smart. I think people are playing that up more. Uh, even Becky Lynch, to some extent, right now is playing Twitter really, really well uh, with her gimmick. She even had a back and forth with Chris Jericho. So, to me, it seems like a gimmick. I think the outcome is either A, a match with Taker, or B, this is the year he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and maybe he's actually done done. Um, I think the Hall of Fame would make a lot of sense, and that actually does bring up a good point that the Hart Foundation, when I say Hart Foundation, the original tag team and their manager, so that would be Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and Jimmy Hart are getting inducted. I think that was their first big announcement for that. Um, Taker would be a, a great person to headline, uh, I looked under WWE's website. They were extremely fast to take Chris Jericho off and, and move him. They've had a couple hours with Taker since his news drops. He's still on the active thing. So 
anything that's going on, it might just be like he didn't realize Michelle changed the setting on accident or he pressed a couple buttons with his glasses on and shit happened. I'm not trying to make up. He just doesn't seem like he's the most savvy person. So who knows? And like, like you said, Chris, does he even organize this thing? There's got to be reasoning behind it. Maybe to throw off the scent, like you're saying. Um, but I wouldn't think it's anything more than that. And uh, yeah, I think that, that would be awesome if he did get inducted. I mean, I mean, I, I like, I love a wrestler like edge. I think he's awesome. I think that he gave his whole body for the, for the business and he put his stamp on it. But at the same time, I understand they're still active wrestlers, even though both Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle are in the hall of fame, but whatever. I just find it weird that the rock that the undertaker like names synonymous with wrestling aren't in there. And I know they're waiting for a good time, if you will. And I think the time is now for undertaker. So that does, kind of makes sense like what's going on you know puts puts news it's, it's doing exactly what it's doing now and then we just find out it's you know to build up suspense for a potential match for him getting inducted maybe both who knows there's all those rumors he might fight the demon over at uh wrestlemania um i'd be down for that uh it would it would be a very interesting situation but you know then again taker works better with small guys i think to an extent and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it would be interesting. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's absolutely nothing. Either way, us wrestling fans will make a big deal out of it. Uh, let's continue yeah. to some more speculation. Brought, oh, did you have a, a closing statement about that before I move on, buddy? I mean, I was just going to say, if, if, if Finn has proven anything late, like as of late, one, Brock Lesnar is fucking amazing. And I'm not going to say that, you know, Taker is going to be able to have that same level of match. But what I will say is if someone's going to have a good match with with Taker, Seth Rollins, or Finn would not be a bad choice if they do go the match route. Yeah, I agree. I just th- I, I think that they could do a lot of stuff and not have Taker do a lot of stuff if 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 that makes sense. I mean, my obviously my they they don't have enough time to be able to get it set up. My ultimate scenario is Aleister Black, but I think it would if that were to happen, it would have to be next year after he's already established himself as a as some type of entity and if they book him right. But um, yeah, I think Finn Balor's a demon would be a really, really cool send off, but we'll, we'll see, you know, um, I was going to say, uh, so we do know that AJ Styles and also Gallus and Anderson, they all started uh, their contracts. I believe at the same time, all of them are up in April. And the reason why I say this mainly is because as you can see, the good brothers, just lost to a hodgepodge Shinsuke Rusev, even though they hate each other, tag team. Um, and even though they, they, they've stated many times, I've heard in podcasts, they really like their job. They're not, they're, they're floundering. Unfortunately, one of, the, one of the world's best tag teams, I think, and especially one of the world's best workers that a lot of people don't know in Carl Anderson, um, they're, they're floundering. They're, they're, not, they're not doing anything. They're not really living up to their potential. All their friends are starting this new organization. They're done in April. Along with their best buddy, uh, there was a report that came out. I believe it was on the 2nd, maybe, uh, that Wrestling News World said, breaking AJ Styles comes to terms on WWE contract. Now, that's not that big of a deal. I don't even know Wrestling News World. They might be a big outlet. No clue. But AJ Styles responded to that and retweeted and said, what was that? Are you sure? Please let me know the more... Please let me know the more because I know nothing about this. That's actually how he said it. Um, what was that? Are you sure? Um, 
But yeah, um, now, once again, negotiating tactics, possibly. Throwing off the scent of people that are running with stuff, you know, via Dave Metzler, you know, possibly. There could be a lot of reason behind this. Or could there be any validity with AJ taking time out of his day to repost this? Chris, what have you based on this AJ Styles tweet? I think it seems like AJ Styles is happy where he's at. I mean, he's at the very top of the card. He's in WWE, kind of a dream come true, so to speak. The one benefit I think he could get out of AEW is that I do, and I, I mean, I honestly think that show is going to be pre-recorded, which would give him a lot more time with his family. The benefit for him in WWE is that he's doing a lot of stuff with Up, Up, Down, Down, um, Xavier Woods and his YouTube shout out to Xavier Woods. Shout out to Up, Up, Down, Down. <laughs> but he's doing a lot of stuff there that's kind of outside of wrestling. Um, it's the same reason that, you know, when we talked about Kenny Omega, that I was like, well, you know, Kenny Omega does love video games, and there's a huge outlet that he can become a part of. So I'd be curious to see, you know, where he, where he falls. I mean, I think he's going to get a huge WrestleMania payoff. His contract's not going to be up until after that, I would think. And then he's got a 90-day non-compete. I don't know, man. He's, it's easier to say, like, you know, with Gallows and Anderson, it's easy to point to them and go, that makes sense. Like, them leaving would make sense because they are floundering. They haven't done anything with them. Outside of, you know, when they put them put them with Styles for a little bit and tried to turn him heel, which didn't really work. Uh, they would make sense to me. AJ Styles is kind of in the perfect situation unless he just doesn't want to travel as much. And and like I said, that all comes down to whether the show is going to be recorded or whether the show is going to be live. Because if it's going to be recorded, then that means they're going to record the show, do the TV dates, and then they'll have house shows, which is going to be less traveling than what AJ is currently doing. And if they offer him similar money, maybe that's enough incentive to leave. Um, I don't know. AJ Styles is from Gainesville, Georgia, so I'm going to support him no matter what. Always cheer for AJ Styles. He won't eat again. <laughs> so I'm from Gainesville, Georgia. He's the greatest thing to ever come from you know, Gainesville, Georgia, besides me. <laughs> but no, to the side up. I, I, this one's hard for me because I can see him, you know, leaving the brothers. But, you know, they, they have friends there. Like, Finn Balor is there. That was what the Bullet Club was doing. Balor, Styles, Paul Anderson, Luke Gallows. It's easy to forget that, like, the elite were the ones who pushed them out of the Bullet Club. They kind of just – the Bullet Club kind of just gets lumped together. They kind of have – these guys are all friends, and they're over here in WWE, and then you have the newer iteration of the Bullet Club that are all over here in All Elite Wrestling, and then you have Kenny Omega just kind of like, I'm just hanging out right now until the 8th. <laughs> so, I'm just hanging out. I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> I'm just hanging out over here. I'm, I might be going Goodbye. to AEW. I'm not sure. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to work on my Kenny Omega impression, and I'm going to do a Blue Chew ad read as Kenny Omega in in uh, character. That's that's my goal. Which I, They're great. For cool. the listeners, we need to we need to get a hold of this Kenny Omega documentary and watch this thing that they just released. Yeah, uh, yeah, we need to get a hold of that and watch that and do a rundown of that at, at some point. So that that's coming in the future, guys. We will talk about that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. AJ Styles is kind of in the perfect situation. I think he'll be back at the top of that card again. 
um, what they're trying to do with Daniel Bryan. Is is he really a heel? Which he's not really saying anything that's wrong. <laughs> I know, man. On that wagon. Like, I don't know. We live in Georgia. I'm sure the world. plenty of people. We live in Georgia. I'm, I'm sure that plenty of people think that. <laughs> so, so like, okay. So let's just talk about this because we we talked about it briefly, but we didn't really sure. about it. He brings out this fucking hemp title. It looks amazing. Instead of looking like a pile of shit, which if you're trying to get him over as a heel, this thing should look like garbage. Instead, it looks like it was handcrafted. It looks better than the regular belt. Like, how are you supposed to be mad at him? He's like, one, I saved the environment, and two, this is made from fallen oak. Like, I know it's supposed to be heel, but the belt should have been, like, it should have looked way shittier. I, there's going to be people buying this belt. Like, as soon as this thing goes up on WWE online, it's going to be sold out in seconds. Like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with him. So, having AJ uh, Styles, like, to me, AJ Styles is going to be back at the top of that card, like, sooner rather than later. And then they'll find a way to make, you know, Daniel Bryan a face. Um, but that's the biggest thing to me is, like, if he goes to all elite wrestling and Kenny Omega signs, that, that, that's your fucking top card, right there. That's the match that everyone is going to want to see right off the fucking bat, whether they want it or not. So it forces their hand a little bit. And I think you know, like I said, if the show's recorded, it is going to give him more time to be at home with his family, and maybe that's what he's looking for. That's the reason he stuck around in TNA so long. I think as long as um, it's the reason he worked limited dates in Japan and he did that, and that was still a fuckload of traveling. Um, but I don't know, man. That whole thing is weird to me. I, I see, I do see Carl and Luke moving on. I don't know that I see AJ. I think he's kind of comfortable. I think he likes what he's doing. Um, obviously has a relationship with the New Day with Up, Up, Down, Down. He's got his own retro gaming show kind of on their channel. I'm, I'm interested to what, how these chip, what the conversation is after Kenny Omega announces what the fuck he's doing. If he comes out and he's like, I'm yeah. AEW all the way, and then they put out a YouTube channel that's going to be video game based, and they start like really headbutting WWE because I think that's it. Like once that big signing happens, because like anyone can think what they want to right now. Like you can talk about Orton, you can talk about Taker. Right now, the hottest free agent in the world is Kenny Omega, and will be. Absolutely. Wherever he signs is where people are going to lean towards, especially if their contract is coming up. At least if, you know, if it makes sense. With AJ Styles, I don't know that 100% makes sense because he's he's been the guy carrying the torch on SmackDown. He's going to go have his own show on Fox. The house that AJ Styles built will be going to a new network with a new format. It could be completely different. We don't know where that's going to fall either. I think I see him sitting around. I could see, you know, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows moving on. And, and a great tag team acquisition. If you get them, you get the Lucha Brothers, you get Young Bucks, and then maybe you can get the Briscoes. Like, you have a hell of a fucking tag team division right there. Put good. together the Wolves back together, man. Get all of them. Yeah, the Wolves. Kushida is out there. Just hanging out. <laughs> Get him. Yeah, him and Chris Saban or Alex Shelley, man, together in a little trio, you know. Yeah. Awesome. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they could do. So I, 
I don't know, man. I'm just not ready to say that AJ Styles is ready to leave WWE. I think he's been incredibly happy with his push where they put him on the card. Yeah. You know, I just feel like they kind of treated him like a million bucks. Like, there's a lot of wrestlers that could be upset, but I feel like, you know, overall, out of people's pushes, you could bitch out. Like, he's held the title, what, three times, four times? Half a year. He's had big matches with John Cena, big matches with uh, Chris Jericho. Um, Brock Lesnar. Chamber matches. He's had a Brock Lesnar match. He's had a Finn Balor match. Like, it's not like he's getting shit on. So unless he just absolutely hates the travel, or they're going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money to leave, I just don't see him going. It's the same thing with Randy Orton, um, in a sense, just a little different. Orton's just not being utilized. Like, Orton's travel schedule is really light, where you have the opposite with AJ Styles. So... AJ Styles' travel schedule would actually become lighter. I think Randy Orton's would become heavier. <laughs> it's crazy. But, well, I mean, I'm wondering if there's any information that – if there's any surprises, I should say, that's not Kenny Omega-related tomorrow night. Um, obviously, these guys, all of them are still in contract. So we're not – even Dean Ambrose, there's no announcement until after he's completely done, you know, with – uh, his 90 days. I think it's after April. I think it's right after Mania, I believe, is when his contract runs out. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, it's just more spe- speculation. But uh, talking about AJ, Chris, uh, we found out that Sasha Banks, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins all have minor injuries. Uh, AJ, unfortunately, has an hernia. Uh, that's why he's been off, you know, with the matches at least the last two weeks. So he's been healing up from that. I'm assuming he has to get surgery, but uh, Seth Rollins, I know that I, th- I think it's his back that's messed up. All of them, that's why that's why Sasha was, quote-unquote, hurt and couldn't do the match uh, with Bailey Monday um, when she was attacked by Nikki um, ahead of the match. Uh, that's why Seth was destroyed by Brock. That's why AJ's been off, uh, is that they're healing up. Apparently, all of them should be good for Mania, but they're just trying to make sure that they, they get back um, their body gets back in shape, basically. Um, what do you think when you hear this? Now is the time to give them time off because, like, you have two pay-per-views no one really gives a shit about. What do we have, like, uh, Great Balls of Fire and Elimination Chamber? So, Something like uh, that, now, yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, are you? I don't know that they're going to be able to build any meaningful feuds. Obviously, Bailey and Sasha—they're going for those tag belts. They're probably going to get the tag belts. We've talked about that a lot. The AJ Styles thing is a little weird because I—I I still don't know what they're going to do with him at Mania. I, I mean, I guess Daniel Bryan. So him getting healthy would make sense. You—you—you you, you have the ability to have Daniel Bryan do a heel attack on him and kind of drag that out a little bit. There, there's a lot of injuries. It, the Seth one scares me a little bit um, just because of his past. But with it being his back, maybe it's not as bad. But that one scares me more than any of them because he's had extensive time off multiple times for both knees and the poor guy's body. I mean, you see what he does in the ring. Like, there's a reason why he has you know, the different injuries and stuff that he has. So not taking anything away from Seth Rollins. I think he's stuck uh, that one scares me more than anything. Is you got to get that guy healthy for Mania, and you got to do it in a way where he's not going to injure himself further. 
So if he needs a couple, if he needs the next pay-per-view off, he needs to have that next pay-per-view off. Just put them all on a fucking island. Definitely put Becky on a goddamn island from here until Mania. Don't fuck up any of that shit. My don't, lord. Don't put her in a match with anyone that could possibly hurt her. She should be 100 no, miles no. away from Nia Jax. Monday. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> next Monday in that row. Tonight, Becky Lynch, to be able to get by without getting the doctor to check out her leg, has to face Nia Jax in a cage match. It's like, no, 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 no. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, man. <laughs> and who's AJ Styles going against, Chris? I think I'm old. I'm kind of sexy. Uh I wish, I wish. Uh, probably not going to happen. I would love that to happen. Uh, all right, a uh, couple more things. I uh, first wanted to ask you if you got a chance, uh, either after the Super Bowl that I did not watch, um, or, you know, during the halftime, did you get a chance to watch halftime heat, sir? All right, so I did not watch this during the halftime. I, was, uh, I heard Big Boy was going to show up. I'm a huge Outcast fan. I have seen Outcast twice, Big Boy once. Oh man! So I obviously once. was like, "Fucking Big Boy's playing," so I'm gonna watch that. So I'll catch Halftime Heat. If it was like Halftime Heat is only showing this time, then I probably would have caught Halftime Heat. But the fact they put it up on the network the next day, um, <laughs> I watched uh, Big Boy show up. And while it wasn't anything crazy, it was still cool to see Big Boy in Atlanta at the Super Bowl. Something I never thought I would say. Like, hey, it would have been really cool if it was all of Outcasts, but I'll take Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. Like, I'm all right with that. So <laughs> I watched that specifically because I, um, my wife's sister, did she did the halftime show. She was in the crowd. She was like a six-day rehearsal. There's a whole fucking thing behind that, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of knew that was coming. So I watched the halftime show specifically for Big Boy. I did watch this after, though, so we can talk about it. Um, man, yeah, I, I saw the big boy stuff afterwards. It would have been cool. I would have been mad if I missed a, an actual Outcast reunitement live. That would have really ticked me off because I've, I, I got cheap the last time, and I was like, they'll come back. I don't think that's gonna happen, which sucks. I love Outcast, you know. What are you gonna do? At aliens, seriously. Um, but yeah, getting back to what we were talking about. With the halftime heat, I thought it was a lot of fun, man. Um, I don't like using the term spot fest, but I mean this match. I'll just say was more a more a fun match for the audience than I think it was a a story driven match. But that being said, it was great seeing, and I mean it's funny because now Johnny's a heel and Velveteen Dream's a babyface, but. You know, that's just how the audience has, has reacted and what Storyline has done. But at one point, Chuddy Carcano was like, he's like a baby face like Daniel Bryan. Well, actually, now Daniel Bryan's a heel. He's like a baby face like Ricky Steamboat. Like, that that was the approach of Johnny Carcano. He was like this 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 perfect uh, baby face, and now he's he's hanging out with the wrong guys. I, I love that Adam Cole was actually getting a heel reaction from the audience, and uh, that was that was weird. But um, I had a lot of fun watching this. I loved all the... Uh, the, the the thing that they did right at the beginning, Chris, where I think it was Aleister Black was running at one of them, did his whole flippy thing into his, um, you know, yoga sit, if you will. Then Ricochet does it. He comes back, does a superhero, like Iron Man thing. 
and then Velveteen Dream did his, and it was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be fun. And, I mean, stereo – or not stereo. It would, it would be like reverb if we're – DDTs, if you will, just one after the other after the other. Um, and just the ending, Tommaso Ciampa got, like, destroyed. No, no, it was Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole was just completely annihilated, just one thing after the next. Fun match, baby faces win. I think it was a good – thing to have during halftime and I hope they continue to do this like mix it up make next year have Seth Rollins represent WWE and go against whoever from NXT for Christ's sakes you know just do something different and crazy I want an empty arena brawl next time uh, with Terry Funk <laughs> Chris <laughs> what, what do you think oh, god damn it I you, guess I got you mother more match in me. <laughs> uh, um, so the reason you got that reaction is there was only 340, like three, I think they said, but like 300 to 400 people. It was all friends and family and other workers. So when Adam Cole was like, Adam Cole, baby, and everyone booed him, he looked shocked because that's like the reaction he's been trying to get, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, like if you, a real fun thing to do, go back and watch this and kind of just stop it when you see the crowd and you can see like, oh, that's a wrestler. Oh, that's another wrestler. Like you can see, like different people that were there that are part of the performance center, or so it was basically like a friends and family slash employee uh, audience, which is why I think the reactions were were like they really cheered the baby faces in this, and they really hated the heels um, in a way that was very uh, candid to you know kayfabe, which I I appreciated. I thought that was kind of interesting part of the match. This was like you said. I don't want to call it a spot fest, but this was definitely an indie-style match, like PWG. Uh, they let them do whatever the hell they wanted, pretty much, in this match, which I was kind of surprised by. Uh, I don't know if it's because I, – I, I don't know. I mean, there was just – there's a bunch of chain hops, uh, like high spots, just all sorts of stuff that you don't even see in NXT. Um, I don't want to say – by no means was this a bad match. They did a lot. Let's just say that. They did a whole lot. Um, which you would expect of, you know, Ricochet. Chris, how many times did Shawn Michaels say, oh, my goodness, throughout uh, <laughs> the course of oh, a lot? Apparently he never read that part in the Bible that if you, like, think about cussing or also think about saying, oh, my God, it's, like, the same thing as cursing. That's what they used to tell us in Bible school back in the day. Don't tell them that. Just don't tell them that, man. They'll find some lewds, and then this will be all going crazy again, fighting people at fucking bars and shit. Now he'll shave the he'll shave the goatee and be completely bald, look like a a baby. Oh my uh, god! All right, I love you, Sean. Sorry, I love HBK. Don't give me hate mail after this. Um, I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty pretty fun match. I mean, compared to the Super Bowl halftime show, if you watched this instead, you didn't miss much other than Outcast. Like, well. Sleepy Brown and Big Boy, let's say <laughs> coming out. Um, Big Boy did say ATL ho, that was cool. Uh, you know, a reference to Patrick Troy is always good here in the A town. But yeah, I mean, this is a good match. I think you could say they did too much, but I think that's what they were going for. I think they just were like, hey, you know, this match doesn't mean anything. It's not advancing any storylines. No one's here except for your friends and family. Go do whatever the hell you want. Make this thing entertaining. And I think that's what they did. I thought I thought it was a really fun match. Um, I don't know. There's not much more to say about it. I I want to see more of it. No. I, I kind of agree with you. 
I wish they would do like a match before the Super Bowl when they're doing the three-hour-long pre-show that they had for the Super Bowl. It started at like 3 o'clock. I took a nap. I ate some wings. I took a nap. I woke up. Super Bowl was on. Watch that. Um, they should do one before that, like right before the coin toss, one at halftime, and then one at the end of the game. I think would be really interesting, a good way to position it, because, you know, it. this was not a great Super Bowl by any means, but this match was way better than the majority of the Super Bowl I watched. So there's that. Yeah. That's that's also from what people have said to me. That's what I hear as well. But um, something about defense, I don't know what the fuck to remember. Anyways, but yeah, I, I just think it was a fun throwback, and I had fun watching some wrestling during a break for a game that I didn't even watch. But either way, um, they did it, and uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was cool having Sean also on commentary. It definitely was. It was it was fun, and I know that he gets a kick out of this because he's teaching all these guys. And, I mean, think about just how much potential all of them had beforehand, and he's getting to make them crisp. You know, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. I'm sure that Ricochet even awes him, probably to the same level that Rey Mysterio did when he probably met him. But, um, yeah. There I was, just, there I, was I one Sean thing. There was one Sean thing that I wanted to point out is there was multiple times where different wrestlers got compared to Shawn Michaels in this match while he was on commentary. I don't know if you noticed this. Yeah. And he was just so humble each time. Like, there was one specifically with Ricochet. Or not Rick, not Ricochet. I think it was Velveteen Dream where they made some kind of comparison. He was like, oh, I don't put his ceiling at the same ceiling as mine. I hope he busts through that. Like, he had he, – he was completely humble and, like, put all of these guys over on commentary in a way that – when you think about, like, peak Shawn Michaels and all of the bad things that we've heard about Shawn Michaels over the years, yeah. seems completely opposite of where he is now in life. So, just, if anything, if you're a Shawn Michaels fan and you kind of know about his past or whatever, like, watch this, and he really did put people over on commentary. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't talk about that. But, yeah, like, it, it was, it was kind of crazy. Old man Shawn's my favorite Shawn. Seems like the nicest Shawn. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I dig the fact that my favorite wrestler, especially when it comes to in-ring wrestling, uh, all around, my favorite personally is the one who's teaching all these guys and taking their skills and making them better, especially from what Ricochet told Edge and Christian on, on the podcast. It's, it's pretty awesome that that's the situation that they got because all those guys are talented as hell already. And my God, between this and I, I forgot what it was war of the worlds, which was a really cool tournament. They, they do this, the finals and the semifinals on the uh, network and you can watch the other matches if you want on YouTube. But during Royal rumble weekend, uh, they had five NXT wrestlers. Can't remember everyone exactly five NXT UK and five, um, uh, two or five live and Velveteen dream ended up winning between this and that, my God, not only can he work the crowd as an in-ring performer, but he's also getting so damn good when it comes to wrestling based on his size. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I mean, me and you have been talking about it, I guess, for what, two, two years now? Just how incredible he fucking is. and His gimmick is only getting better. I think he's going to get better on the mic. I think that he's going to harness that a little bit more, but like the crowd reaction, um, 
just to him overall and the quality matches he's been having. Granted, he's up off of really it. good opponents. He's had some really good opponents of late. I don't know if you're going to see the same thing if he goes against Elias. Not that Elias is bad, but I mean, I, Elias is not Adam Cole. Let's just say that as yeah. far as in ring goes, or Ricochet. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing is his transition, and if they let him continue with his with his character the way he's doing currently. I, I want to see him get a little better on the mic, but I do think he is the hottest asset they have in all of NXT. I know Adam Cole's great. I, I know there's a lot of talent in Ricochet. Very fucking talented. I've been the, he was on my top ten list for like two years. So I fought for Puma to make top three one year, I believe, between you and Juwan. You did. They're all great. You did. But there is something very charismatic about Velveteen Dream, and his wrestling only gets better and better. I do think that is the His biggest thing. There's just something about him that is it's 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 Jeff Hardy in a sense. Like you don't know why you like Jeff Hardy, but you fucking like Jeff Hardy. Like even before he started throwing himself off stuff, he was always the more popular Hardy brother. He's just naturally charismatic. His promos have always kind of sucked. Think about Jeff Hardy. But there's just but something so they always they always go so high in inflection at the end. It's scary. You don't know it. I will kill you. Like holy shit, the fucking Carolina boy comes out at the end of those things. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying is like his promos were never that good. Yeah. But like there's just no. something about Jeff Hardy. There's something about Rob Van Dam. There's something about Velveteen Dream that's there. I just want him to harness it, get a little better on the mic. His in-ring skills are definitely there. I think he's gonna. I think that he could be the biggest superstar WWE has seen since The Rock, if they know how to fucking utilize him right. This has been my biggest worry about him going to Maine. Me too. He's doing the right thing. I just don't want them to fuck it up. We've been talking about this for, for a year and a half, and I don't want them to fuck this up once he finally goes to. Dude, dude, they have a platinum goose with Velveteen Dream, and they have a, uh, I'll say a gold goose. With fucking Aleister Black, and I, I feel like they'll both be scrambled. That, I'm so fucking worried about it. Like, especially Aleister. I'm just like, God damn it. Like, please put him on SmackDown. Just like, have Vince not notice him. He's like the Undertaker. We're going to call him Undertaker Jr. Oh, no. Come, they have a fake Paul Bearer. They, they, uh, no, they make Hornswoggle look like Paul Bearer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck that. That sounds fucking, that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't live underneath the ring anymore. Undertaker! <laughs> he's like wheeling. He's like trying to push the giant casket down to the ring and lose his control of it and shit. Alistair Black flies out of it. Um, all right, well, I think you just booked the greatest gimmick of all time. So hopefully WWE is not listening this time. Because uh, they're going to be like, he can be our new Santino. <laughs> Throw Hornswoggle in there. Oh really piss everybody off. All right, so we're going to take, like, we're, we're going to make you, we're, we're going to scrap the Aleister Black gimmick and make you, like, Santino Morella meets Bruce the Barber Beefcake meets Disco Inferno. What do you think? Plus a little bit of Taker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Taker. You're going to be you're Bray Wyatt's down. grandma. You're, you're going to be Sister Abigail. <laughs> Oh, my God. I swear to God, if anyone on creative is listening to us right now, we are joking. We are fucking joking. 
Do not. <laughs> do not do that with Alistair Black. He's just, dude, he's a badass, like, assassin ninja, but he might be a vampire. You don't really fucking know. Just let him fucking be that guy. You know, he's, he knows martial arts. He's dark. Just let him do that, man. He, yeah. he talks like he's the godfather. Like, it's fucking... He's basically like Bruce Wayne if he one time had a drug addiction and had to go to rehab. <laughs> And he got tattoos. He's <laughs> 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 he just pissed off oh. and brooding and likes throwing roundhouse kicks, man. It's like it's like Batman if his parents didn't die and he was just a rich asshole and had a drug problem. My that parents were burned down in a horrible <laughs> flaming accident. <laughs> and I blackmassed them. <laughs> Fucking cane uh. cane comes out. <laughs> Mayor oh, King, yeah. Oh, if they could set this up perfectly, I'm all right with Undertaker Jr. now. Oh, uh, God. Uh, oh, we're we're way dream. off. We're way off fucking track. I hope you guys. Yeah. I hope you guys normally talk outside well, of the podcast. We're just worried, like, somehow they're going to try to fucking, like, put, you know, gold dust. And I love Dustin so much, but, like, put him in, like, a three-year feud with Velveteen Dream and have, like, a best of 62 or some shit. I don't want to see that. I'm just saying. I don't want to fucking see At the see end, Goldust switches his gimmick back to seven and starts peeking in <laughs> peeking oh in children's God. windows again, but only to find Hornswoggle <laughs> holding oh an arm. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back around, dude! Oh, my God. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, Hornswoggle! I'm just thinking of Mini Undertaker. Like Jesus Christ! If we ever get to talk to him, I, will, I, I hope I pitch this. I, maybe I shouldn't pitch this to him. Actually, never mind. I don't know. Um, so we got. <laughs> we don't have a lot uh, left. Uh, I want to mainly go over the two elimination <laughs> chambers. <laughs> I know I can't get over this this vision of my head of fucking him going seven, going to the damn window and Hornswoggle's waving at him and has the urn. Oh my god, it's amazing. Seven Undertaker Junior's coming to get you. <laughs> What did he turn into the old guy for Family Guy? The that just he sounded like. I've got a whole setup full of popsicles. I always thought that's who that guy. I always thought that's like who that guy based it. I thought that's who Seth MacFarlane based that character off of. He probably did. He probably did. Oh my god, my face hurts right now. Holy shit! All right. Well, we got this. That's wrestling, guys. Yeah, that's wrestling. So. All right, tune uh, in for the nine hundred two one zero podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, you know now that Jungle Boy now that Jungle Boy joined AEW and his dad's Luke Perry, we might be talking more about Luke Perry in the future. That's the crazy part. All right, can we get, um, can we get a sound so, clip of that nine hundred two one zero theme song every time we talk about Jungle Boy? Was like, yeah, dude. Definitely. Oh, I'm down for that. All right. uh, okay. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna I'm going to list a couple things that happened on Raw and you're gonna talk about whatever you want to talk about from those things, but I'm just gonna hit them. All right. Um all right, so Becky beat the shit out of Seth. 
uh, because she wanted to get cleared. Obviously, they're playing off of the injury that happened beforehand, but trying to make it again for some reason in storyline with this fake injury. Um, but she beat the crap out of Steph. She gets suspended. I hope this is not trying to shoehorn Charlotte in the match. I'm not sure since Charlotte's reaction, what the hell is going on with that. Uh, Ronda, I guess, goes heel, kind of goes off in the audience, says Advil Ice Bitch. I think that's the best thing she said on on uh, on, on air. Um, will Kurt Angle retire? And who, which big tall guy will he get beaten by between the fucking other two? Um, we're still doing Elias versus Jeff and now the Road Dogs. And EC3 beat Dean Ambrose. Any of those things would you like to comment on, sir? Well, if you're a Dean Ambrose fan, you may want to fucking tune out uh, of wrestling for a while because he's losing every match he's booking because he's gone after Mania. Like, that's confirmed. He's done. So, <laughs> if you don't like seeing Dean lose, probably don't watch the products for a while. Uh, yeah, oh, let me, let me just real quick, real quick, I just want to say that I loved Renee saying, like, when he came out and she was like, Ah, put a shirt on. Like, <laughs> underneath their breath, I laughed. And then when he was, like, doing his interview, she's like, I need to teach him I need to teach him better interview skills. That that made me pop. I just I just want to throw it out there. She's so damn cute. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the stuff of your man gimmick. This is the exact buildup they did with Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Rousey attacks Stephanie. For rehashing the same gimmick. <laughs> Going into WrestleMania, hopefully this doesn't lead to Stephanie being involved in a three-way match or a four-way match with Stephanie, Charlotte. She's a ref. Oh, God. Don't <laughs> her ref. Um, but, yeah, this is the Ugh. same storyline. I, I get what they're doing. They need to dial it back on the Stone Cold thing, though, because Becky needs to be different than Stone Cold. She really does. I mean, I know I get the comparisons, but, like, dial it back. Let her do her own thing. Yeah. The reason that Stone Punk works so well is that no one was like, oh, he's exactly like Stone Cold, like, as it was happening. It happened after. That was the comparison after. But if you're doing it during and people start bringing it up, then it becomes like, well, then he's she's going to get fucked by the McMahons forever, and I guess that's going to be the thing. I was like, I don't want to see her fucking lose at Mania because Stephanie gets involved. So hopefully that's not the case. Like, I don't need Charlotte to win her uh, – 14th fucking title at Mania because Stephanie screwed over Becky Lynch. People will riot. Have Becky have her moment. Let her win the fucking title. Get her out of this McMahon bullshit. Um, that would be my, my saying on that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that would, I mean, to me, those were the biggest things on Raw, other than Kurt Angle possibly retiring. Drew McIntyre is probably going to bury him, would be my guess. Not bury him, but, you know, squash him. What about the pasture? Uh, yeah. All right. A couple things for SmackDown now, too. We had Becky, which I think she had a better interaction that was kind of badass with her and Triple H, uh, more so than her and Stephanie. Uh, Gals and Anderson lost to now, I guess, heel Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, SmackDown, uh, what the heck was it? Oh, I guess, was that it? Yeah, that was that. Never mind. Um, I. Those are the main two things that I wrote down. Do you want to comment on either one of those? Sorry. I mean, Nakamura and Rusev are going to be a tag team. Like, they're probably going to end up feuding with Shane and Miz, I would think. Makes a bit of sense, but it's still, I mean, I don't know. I still think you end up with Miz and Brian somehow. Maybe not at Mania. 
but yeah, or Miz and Shane at Mania. So I'd definitely rather is, than... all of this stuff is all of this is just in between to whatever they're doing with Miz and fucking uh, Shane McMahon. So I, you know, it was fine. SmackDown itself wasn't that great this week. I kind of it wasn't. I, I was, especially because they gave us so many good Rey Mysterio Jr. and Andretti matches the, pre- <laughs> the previous like three SmackDown. And looks like they're extending that feud, which is good. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing that I was excited about. I mean, Becky also beat up Triple H, so there's that. So once again, the Ronda Rousey storyline that they did last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she didn't beat me up. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know what it's like to get beat up. She's not a worker. <laughs> She, she slapped you after a heated conversation, according to WWE.com. So, um, yeah. Also, just uh, tag team matches. Like, fucking, what? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing on SmackDown uh, right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I thought the tag team match they had on Raw was better. The, the whatever, the four-way or five-way. I thought that was a better tag match than a lot of stuff I saw on SmackDown. It just, it's crazy. Uh, speaking about matches, though, we've had two matches put together now for Elimination Chamber, specifically the Elimination Chamber matches themselves. Uh, we'll go over the men's one that was kind of uh, talked about last week, but we have Jeff Hardy versus Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton versus Samoa Joe versus champion Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Chris, do you like this lineup for the match? And prediction-wise, who do you think is going to win this? I think Brian wins and probably AJ Styles last to the end or gets beat by Samoa Joe and Brian taps Joe. That's my guess. Yeah, I think Daniel Bryan's also going to win, and I really hope that, that somehow Samoa Joe is the dark horse that can somehow beat Daniel Bryan, and then they can do Ali versus Joe at uh, at Mania. Probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be Daniel Bryan, AJ goes to Mania, and I like your scenario. That's probably exactly how it's going to happen. Um, and then also the women's tag. We have now Bailey and Sasha, so the uh, Boston hug connection, versus the Iconics, versus um, a, a tag team that I actually predicted, uh, Carmella and Naomi, um, versus Mandy and Sonya, versus Liv and Sarah from the Riot Squad, versus Tamina and Nia. Uh, I like all these uh, tag teams. I think personally that this is going to go down to um, somehow Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville just so Bailey and Sasha can take it from them at Mania and get that moment at Mania for being the champions. Or they could win it and then they go and defend it again at Mania. I don't know. Chris, what do you think about this match and who do you think is going to win? Oh my god. Uh, Sasha and Bailey win in a match that no one cares about because it's the fucking going to be a clusterfuck with a bunch of people that don't really, haven't ever tagged together. Um, and then, outside of that, what I would say is, yeah, I, yeah, I, tag division thing is a bad idea. Let's just say that. And I think this show will end up on whatever WrestleMania's three-hour print card is. I, they don't have the roster to do what they're trying to do with this tag division stuff. And wasting Bailey and Sasha in a tag team that hasn't, even if they have championships, doesn't anything to wrestle 
I, I agree with you, but I, I actually think if they're not going to have any use for these ladies outside the title, you know, picture itself, and they're doing tag matches anyways constantly on Raw and SmackDown, and they're combining all the women's rosters for SmackDown and Raw for one tag division, and then you have call-ups that I would love to say that Kerry Zane and uh, Io Shirai is going to be doing big things on Raw and SmackDown, but we know how a lot of times what happens so now they're a tag team on xt so that's another potential tag team it seems like it could go completely south but there's a possibility it also could take it could do give these ladies something to do other than just matches for no fucking reason against each other i agree with you but then i look at people like the good brothers and the revival and i have no confidence in them being able to play tag teams especially not in the women's that's now that that is a fair point. That is definitely a fair point. So I guess I guess we'll have to see because creative is definitely something that's an element that's fucked over their normal tag team. So I don't know. But um, either way, should be an interesting elimination chamber. It is going to be a clusterfuck with I think twelve people in that match. Holy shit! Whatever. Anyways, that is our show, guys. Thank you guys for listening to an awesome episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, thank you again, Jeffrey from Jeffrey Jeffrey Taylor, I should say, from Jeffrey Show Live for coming on and talking about some of the stuff that we did last week with wrestling. Uh, and thank you so much, uh, Brother Christopher Ray Patton. Uh, say goodbye to all the good people and plug anything you want to plug, good sir. Thank you guys so much for having me on. As always, glad to be a co-host with my good friend Dane. Thank you, Jeffrey, uh, for coming oh. on the show. It was really good to talk to you again. Um, you can hit me on Twitter at at Chris R. Patton. That's P-A-T-T-O-N, like the general. So if you guys want to follow me there, that's cool. Um, also, you can roast me for not knowing what TBS is. But uh, that's it for me, man. You guys have a great week. Enjoy wrestling. Watch all of it. Uh, there's lots of New Japan stuff that we didn't talk about and all sorts of crazy shit happening. So make sure you watch that press conference tomorrow, too. That's going to be cool. Absolutely. Definitely check out the press conference. I need to get caught up on New Japan. I've been bad lately. So much wrestling, guys, and it's such a good time to be a fan. Don't let everyone get you down by being negative about stuff. Enjoy wrestling. Enjoy as much as you can. You know, just, just indulge yourself in, in all of it. That's the beauty of today. You can, you can go all the way back in the past and also go to another country and watch their wrestling all in the same hour. So, I think I encourage everyone to enjoy wrestling because I do. And at Geek Vibes Nation at gvnation.com, you can find information about wrestling, sports, comics, movies, everything, and all of our platforms as far as our links to iTunes for this podcast and all of our podcasts at Geek Vibes Nation and um, our YouTube station, our Instagram, our Twitter. So jump on that. Like I said, it's gvnation.com. That is in Geek Vibes Nation. And check out all that stuff. And you guys have a great night. Let the Geek Fives be with you. And peace out. Listen up, Slap Nuts. This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett. And you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.